Remember when the Gulls' defense was firing on all cylinders? Remember when the Gulls' penalty kill was pretty much perfect? (laughs) Yeah, forget all that. We'll talk about that on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. I'm currently the public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, have also contributed to Defend the Nest, have covered minor league hockey for about as long And just want to thank you all for tuning in and for listening in wherever you get your podcasts. This is Goals Thursday. It's a late Thursday, but this is Goals Thursday. And this is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a downer again. I know the last episode was kind of a downer, but I'm back. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say just replenished, but you know, after a good meal, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit recovered now. Compared to the last episode. That being said, we've got to talk about my biggest takeaway from the goals recently. Well, there's two big takeaways. And one of them is kind of a repeated takeaway that I've had all season. Is that the San Diego goals just cannot seem to do anything against the Pacific Division. For some inexplicable reason, they do well against everyone that is not in the Pacific they have a sterling record against the Midwest Division. They've beaten the Milwaukee Admirals, who I'll talk about at the end of this podcast. But they've beaten the ads this season. Just think about that. The San Diego Goals actually beat the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they lost their last couple of games to two opponents that they absolutely needed to beat. Because these two opponents were right above them in the standings. Last week, I actually said in the podcast that there was a path for the San Diego goals to make the playoffs, that there was a path available. And there was a select amount of games that they needed to win. When you lose to the two teams that are right above you in the playoff standings, that's not a good sign. At one point, the San Diego goals were only five points out of a playoff spot. Now they're back to eight points out of a playoff spot. And one of those spots that is in a playoff spot is the Bakersfield Condors. Losing to them was terrible. Losing to Henderson was just as bad because Henderson was almost identical records as the San Diego goals going into that last game. You cannot lose to Pacific Division foes that are right there in the standings, especially teams that you're chasing. Teams you're chasing right now, the Henderson Silver Knights, the Bakersfield Condors, the Ontario Reign. Those are teams that you cannot lose to. This Saturday's game at Pachanga Arena is going to be extremely important because that is the third such opponent that the goals can catch. And in fact, that is the team that the goals need to catch because Bakersfield does have games in hand. Ontario does not. I have said from the beginning that if there's a team that San Diego can catch, it is the Ontario Reign. 
Saturday's game is going to be super, super important. But the one thing that they're kind of reverting back to is allowing teams to get into the high danger areas, allowing teams to have their way between the dots, allowing teams to easily get into the offensive zone when they shouldn't have to do that. Where is the active stick? The active stick is nowhere to be found. This happened several times against the Henderson Silver Knights. This happened a crap ton of times against the Bakersfield Condors, where Bakersfield would just waltz their way into their offensive zone and get a good shot off, not just a good shot, a high-quality shot, not just a high-quality shot, a high-danger shot. This is a problem for the San Diego Gold. It's been a problem for the San Diego Gold since 2021, where they would inexplicably lose their way along the neutral zone and somehow their opponents are able to get some high-quality shots off. I, I don't understand why this keeps happening, and I'm having trouble figuring out how they can play perfect defense again against teams from the Central Division, against teams that are very good. I mean, they did a very good job defensively against the Colorado Eagles, who are a quality team, by the way. Colorado's a good team. They had won a few games in a row recently. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've got um, Ivan Prozvatov in goal. But Colorado's also got a very good offense. And San Diego neutralized that offense. That was very impressive. And then they did the same thing to the Calgary Wranglers. The Calgary Wranglers, by the way, who has the two-time defending goalie of the year. Now, granted, those games, Oscar Dansk was in goal, but Calgary still is a pretty solid offensive team. And San Diego just completely shut them down. So why is it that they can do so well against these better teams? But when it comes to Henderson, Bakersfield, San Jose, okay, that game was maddening. The Valentine's Day Massacre against the San Jose Barracuda that game legit left me shaking my head. I went, what's happened here? So I went back and watched the last three games. They're kind of playing down to their opponents a little bit. That's dangerous. Yes, sure. Several teams do that on occasion. Teams get caught flat-footed. Teams get caught relaxing a little bit. I've seen several teams in the AHL and the NHL for that matter. They see an opponent and they go, oh, like this is a lesser opponent. We can relax a little bit. We should be able to beat these. Yes, teams do this all the time. I don't care what anyone says. Like it happens. It absolutely happens. It even happens in the USPHL. I mean, a team that I or a league that I also work for. I just saw this last week with the Ontario Junior Reign who completely played down to their opponent, an opponent who was out of the playoffs right now, by the way. They played down, down to them, didn't have the best of games. And now San Diego's doing the exact same thing. They are relaxed, especially when they're trying to hold a lead or they're tied and they go, okay, we can relax a little bit, just carry this game into overtime. 
which is exactly what the goals did against the Bakersfield Condors. They relaxed a little bit. They got off to a fast start and let Bakersfield get right back into it. They super relaxed at the end of the first. They cannot do that. The goals cannot just allow teams to come back in. It's happened way too many times this season, and it continues to happen. So why? Is it a player personnel thing? Is it a coaching thing? What What is it? Is it a leadership thing? Does Chase DeLeo need to light a fire under their butts and say, we cannot lose to these kind of teams? If we're going to make some kind of push to the playoffs, it has to start now. Maybe that's what it is. All right, we're going to head to the first intermission, and we're going to talk about the last couple of games in detail. Stay locked in. Now a brief word from Ibotta. Do you love making money but also love spending money? Don't we all? Now, you can make money while you spend it. Every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of you know, items from groceries to beauty supplies to even toys. So make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns 250 bucks per year. That would cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you can buy that flight you've been eyeing. That game you're dying to go to. Or the fancy dinner you've been craving. And I love my fancy dinners. Other apps give you points that don't amount to a whole lot. But with Ibotta... Just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners 5 bucks just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's spelled I B. O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONNHL for Ibotta. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's talk about those last couple of games that the Goals played over the past week. It's been ugly. Yes, the goals had a great few games after the All-Star break. They were starting to streak. They were starting to look really good. Then they lost that game to San Jose. But I thought at the time, okay, one game does not make a season. It's just one game they were bound to lose at some point. Little did I know, stupid me. I'll admit, yes, this was dumb of me to assume that it was a one-game thing and the goals would come back. Nope, they're just back to their old tricks again. And it happened against the Henderson Silver Knights at home, by the way. And this is another thing. The San Diego goals are inexplicably not doing well at home either. Ick. It's bad. Thomas Ukanik had a solid game. And this is a packed house, too. So why is it that San Diego all of a sudden cannot score more than one goal, letting Henderson kind of have their way for a good amount of the game. Gage Quinney scored. Sheldon Rempel, who's back, by the way, 
scored in the power play. Rempel has been really good for Henderson, but oy, San Diego's just got to stop taking penalties. And not just penalties, but, you know, not so good, like some bad penalties. Uh, Braden Tracy did not have a good game, by the way. He was getting beat a couple times. He got a couple of penalties late in the third and finally got burned when Sheldon Rempal scored that what wound up being the game-winning goal. Now, to be fair, Tyson Hines did score 20 seconds later, and the crowd kind of tried to get back into it in this one. But when I look at San Diego's play compared to Henderson's play, Henderson seemed more easily to get into that home plate area. San Diego did have their fair their fair share of shots, but that was mostly in the third period. Or not the third. The third period, San Diego was just kind of left alone. Um, the first period is where I thought San Diego could have stepped on their neck and didn't. Part of that was good goaltending from Yuri Patera. But a lot of that was San Diego was out shooting Henderson. They played a good, mm, I'm going to say 12 minutes. There was a solid 12 minutes where they were getting quality shots, where they were playing pretty competent defense. But I've said this on this very podcast about this very team. Got to play a full 60 minutes. I know it's a cliche answer. I know it is something that players say during their interviews. Like, I mean, if I was a San Diego goal and I was being asked, so what went wrong? Oh, you know, we just didn't get pucks in deep and we got and we didn't play a full 60 minutes. You know, we got to play every shift and we've got to just get shots on it. I mean, yes, I know it was a typical answer. I mean, they say it all the time. Yeah, it was it was just not not good playing by us. We need to do a better job of getting pucks in deep and we've got to do a better job of keeping the puck out of the zone and keeping the puck out of the high danger areas. We also got to get in the dirty areas as well. And you know, finally, we just need to protect the net. And, you know, we didn't do that, do that on this night. And we got to play a full 60 minutes, and we didn't do that. <clears throat> yeah! that That's what happened. They didn't play a full 60 minutes. Burned him. So lost 2-1 to one to Henderson. Now, the game a couple nights ago at Bakersfield... This, this was a tough one to watch. It was a fun one to watch, but it was also a tough one to watch because San Diego was super content to take that game into overtime. That drove me a little bit mad. San Diego had a chance to win this game, and I feel like they didn't really take advantage of any of the situations given to them, especially in the end. But I'm going to start with the first period because the first period was utter chaos where there was penalty after penalty. There was five penalties taken in the first period between both teams. And on all five of those penalties, a power play goal was scored. So Lane Peterson and Dino Kambitz, they each got two-minute minors. Pavel Regenda scored for San Diego. Andrew Agazino scored for San Diego, both on the power plays, both led by the Regenda agenda and someone that I truly love watching play, Olin Zellweger, who is still maybe a little bit too good for the AHL, and he's racking up those apples left and right. 
But that made it 2 nothing San Diego early on. And they looked good until the parade of penalties began for the goals. Tyson Hines cross-checking, Robert Haig elbowing, Pavel Regenda slashing. And that Regenda one drove me nuts because that was kind of a ticky-tack penalty. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to that one, but the refs called it. Like, he raised his arm so fast. I was like, oh, no. Like, that that was a ticky-tack penalty. Not It should have been called, but whatever. San Diego kind of sort of relaxed a little bit because there was a few seconds left. And all of a sudden, you saw Lane Peterson, you know, score a goal with about a second left. Oh, those are the kind of plays that can drive you BS crazy. That's the kind of play that can take you from zero to pissed off really quickly. Now, later in the second, Glenn Godden did score once again on a power play goal. So three power play goals for Bakersfield. The penalty kill, not there at all. In fact, the PK just looked downright, and I'm going to use this word here, and it's going to sound bad when I say it, but the penalty kill was, ah, I hate using this word, a little bit incompetent in that they just could not clear the puck worth their life. Something that I've mentioned several times on this podcast. Uh, Nathan Gaucher did not have a good game. I felt, I thought defensively he was lacking a little bit. Drew Hellison looked bad on all three penalty kills. Ay ay ay. So of course they do change up the PK later on. Helps him out quite a bit. But the third period... The end of the third period is what I want to talk about the most because San Diego was starting to surge. They were starting to get more shots on net. After that last media timeout, they were starting to control puck play. They were starting to make smarter passes. They were starting to play complete team hockey. And they were even beating the Condors to loose pucks. Then you had um, Trey Kajula who had the puck on his stick and just made a stupid play above the glass. So delay of game. And all of a sudden, the San Diego goals have a power play with about two minutes left. This is the chance to step on the gas and to really put this game away. They, This was gift-wrapped to them. This game was gift-wrapped for the San Diego goals, and they just could not take advantage. That, to me, like watching that game, that felt like a major missed opportunity. And to overtime we went, where Bakersfield just got a nice one-timer, and that was the game-winning goal from Carter Savoy. Yeah. Bakersfield won in overtime. I would say, yay, San Diego got a point. But it doesn't look good when the team you lost to is a team you're chasing. That's not good. So, Lavoie, goal and assist. Savoy, game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah, that, that was a bad one, folks. The, the San Diego goals could look back on that game. And just shake their head and go, what What could have been? That's a very easy what could have been type of game, folks. 
and with so few games left before the real playoff push, you got to win these games. And that makes this weekend's game against the Ontario Reign that much more important and that much more magnified. And we'll talk about that after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Now a brief word from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire... Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data and a matching engine, they'll help you find quality candidates fast with their instant match. And, you know, it makes hiring all in one place so easy because, you know, when you look to hire someone, you've got to match up the correct or I guess the best qualifications with the job at hand. And you know what? You could join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Locked on Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And that's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We need to look ahead to this next game against the Ontario Reign. A team that has not won at home since... Oh god, it's been a long time since the Ontario Reign won a home game. Last night, the Ontario Reign lost in a shootout to the Abbotsford Canucks. A bad loss. To the Abbotsford Canucks. Ontario's last home games have just been... I mean, I don't know what's going on with the rain. But they're a team that inexplicably just does worse at home than the goals do at home. The last time they won at home was an overtime win against the San Jose Barracuda on January 6th. <laughs> and Coachella Valley is going to Ontario on Friday... They're probably going to lose that game, too, because Coachella Valley is in first place. Coachella Valley, historically, does very well at Toyota Arena. So I don't expect Ontario to win that game on Friday. Saturday's game. Ontario's going to be on the back end of a back-to-back. Now, for some reason, the goals don't do well against teams that are on the back end of a back-to-back. Just like their NHL counterparts, the Anaheim Ducks who inexplicably have like a 2-8 and record against teams on the back end of a back-to-back. So maybe the goals can break that mold and actually beat the Ontario Reign. Maybe they can beat the Reign. And Ontario right now, they've they've got a bit of, you know, some reinforcements back. That's going to be a little bit scary for the San Diego goals because... Now we've seen some guys come back to Ontario that are either on conditioning or they're just, you know, on loan. Jordan Spence, a very good defenseman who has spent a lot of season with the Los Angeles Kings. He's on loan from L.A. to Ontario. So Jordan Spence, that's that's going to be a tricky one. That's going to be a challenge. <sighs> How about Brant Clark? 
I mean, I think he's still up with Los Angeles, but um, Jordan Spence, like, golly, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be tough. So now that guys are coming back to Ontario, San Diego has to find some way to neutralize that defense and try to get a big win on Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe I'll see you guys at Pachanga Arena on Saturday. Who knows? And one more thing, since this is Goals Thursday, and since this is an AHL kind of night, I do want to mention this big story in the American Hockey League before we wrap up. The Milwaukee Admirals just passed the Bakersfield Condors. So a few years ago, the Bakersfield Condors got a 17-game winning streak. There was actually a whole poster that used to be at Mechanics Bank Arena that said the streak, and it listed all 17 games. That was a really cool-looking poster, I'll admit. But, you know, that 17-game streak was something else. And now the Milwaukee Admirals, they just won their 18th consecutive game earlier today. Can you believe that? That is the second best mark in league history. They've got a ways to go to get to 28. But even 18, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. So props props to the Admirals for that streak. Included in that streak, I think their biggest scare, believe it or not, the biggest, well, two big scares for them. One was to the Belleville Senators in a shootout. The other was that overtime win against the San Diego Goals. The Goals gave them everything they got. They did. And it took overtime. It took a very just kind of overtime for Milwaukee to pull away with that victory. That was tight. That was close. (sighs) The last time Milwaukee lost. It's been a while. You got to go back to New Year's Eve. (laughs) December 31st was the last time that the Milwaukee Admirals lost a game and that was December 31st to the Rockford Ice Hogs in Rockford. Before that, the last previous time they lost. Oh, would you believe that was to the San Diego Goals? <laughs> yeah, don't forget, the Goals clobbered them in Milwaukee. Just beat the living you-know-what out of them. Remember that 5-2 to victory? I feel like it was after that loss that Milwaukee kind of got their crap together because after that game they haven't had a loss of more than more than a goal that was the last bad loss they had so imagine being a team like the admirals and you lose that badly to the goals and it wakes you up so hey credit to san diego you woke a team up <laughs> oh the midwest gotta love it so milwaukee 18 in a row Their next games are against the Chicago Wolves, who they should beat. The Grand Rapids Griffins, who they should beat. Rockford, Iowa. Um, Can you just imagine? Just pick, just imagine if you will. Here's the next games. Chicago 19, Grand Rapids 20, Rockford 21, Iowa 22, Manitoba 23, Grand Rapids 24, Chicago 25, Manitoba 26. You know who could be that 28th consecutive game? Can you imagine if Milwaukee wins 26, 27 games in a row and the team they lose to to end that streak 
is the San Diego goals. In fact, you know what? Part of me kind of hopes that Milwaukee keeps this streak going so they can try to tie and beat their record and the goals beat them. That would just be a comedy of errors if that happens. Part of me wants to see it just for the chaos factor. All right, that's our look on the AHL and that's how we're going to wrap this one up. So once again, thank you all for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You can find me at Pechanga Arena sometimes. I'll be there this Saturday for Goals versus Rain. So hope to see some of you there. And yeah, I just want to thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Goals, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the evening. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together. <laughs>